When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox post game show. Presented by PointsBet, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox post game show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got Vinny Duber on my far left. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. I was going to say beat reporter. You guys have separate jobs yes. uh, from what I, I've understood. It's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those situations where it's the, the job is just one pair of gigantic pants and we both <laughs> fit in it at the same time. But we only put one leg at a time. We're regular dudes. Abs- absolutely. We're normal, just like you and I. Uh, the White Sox had a normal game. They lost 4-1. to one. Uh, They <laughs> fall to 35-39. and 39. Oh, And Vinny Duber basically predicted this uh, before the game. He said it was going to be 4-1, to one, and his uh, click-to-pick, or his pick-to-click, uh, was Jose Abreu, who went 4-4 four for four and had four singles. So congratulations, Vinny. I think you're the first person to ever do that. Thank you. Thank you. Very thank rare. You. Very, very rare. Yeah, um, yeah it was pretty predictable i would say i mean you predicted it i mean apparently uh, it was yeah the, the white Sox uh <laughs> struck out 11 times versus shohei otani he looked practically unhittable just when he wasn't facing jose abreu he's good huh yeah i, <laughs> I mean, think that's why he's the reigning mvp geez we've spent several days talking about how good shohei otani was and then he finally got to uh, go out and 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 show what we've been talking about no pun intended there but uh yeah, he, he, he's, he's really, really good. We talked about it in the pregame show. He fills up the strike zone. You knew he was going to fill up the strike zone. He did it anyway. White Sox couldn't hit any of it. All 11 of those strikeouts were of the swinging variety. Uh, yeah, there were really only a couple of times where they looked like they might do anything against him. Jose Abreu's been on fire, uh, and, and he was the guy who was able to break through tonight repeatedly. Uh, not so the case for anybody else, and on the very – minimal scoring chances that the White Sox had came up empty and uh, Otani was able to get out of trouble whenever uh, whenever there was any, which was rarely. Yeah, and you mentioned up filling up the strike zone. 74 strikes today for Otani on 108 pitches. That's a 68.5% strike percentage. Uh, he was loading up the zone. He was fantastic. That slider was disgusting today from Otani. And we were predicting the pitches before they were thrown. I mean, when we get the two strikes, he would pretty much exclusively throw the splitter or the slider and the White Sox hitters could not see it, and it was electric today. It's not like the uh, Baltimore series where they were just missing pitches. Otani was on his game, and the White Sox could not touch him. No. That's that's just the thing. I mean, I'm not too angry at the White Sox losing this game. Sometimes you're just going to face a pitcher that is this dominant, and the White Sox are going to lose these games, and most teams are going to lose these games as the guys going with 11 strikeouts and filling up the strike zone, and you can't hit sometimes. They were showing, like, he reached 100, then he went to 82 on his slider, <laughs> then he went to 72 on his curveball. 
Like, what do you sit on? How, how do you hit any of those? And then his changeup is just this disappearing split finger fastball. I mean, it's it's truly uh, impossible to hit him. And Mike Anderson saying terrible plate discipline. Uh, you mean you could look at the first inning, the White Sox, twenty five pitches versus Otani, fourteen pitches in the second inning, and then it just got worse. And I thought they had good at bats versus Otani. They swung late in the game uh, uh, way too much of high fastballs for Sotani and that Kiata guy. But for the most part, in the first couple innings, they drove up his pitch count, had good at bats. Larry Garcia, I think, saw 25 pitches today. So that's all like six, uh, six pitches per at bat. For him and for anybody, that's a pretty good uh, day, especially for Otani and what he was doing out there. I think he had a nine-pitch at bat to draw the only White, White Sox walk off of Otani. So they didn't have poor execution out there. They were having good at bats. Just Otani's great. That's ha- that happens, guys. Yeah. Just sometimes I- you just got to tip the cap. Well, and I mentioned it too, like, uh, you know, Yohan Mankata in his first two uh, plate appearances, I think he saw like 13 pitches, which is great. But he also struck out two times because Shohei Otani, like we've been talking about, also great, rating MVP. Um, I, let's talk about Otani a little bit more and let's just get into the, the get the, get the whole Otani thing out of the way and then we'll go into the Kopech start and we'll go into the uh, lineup. Let's look at Shohei Otani and what he did today. Uh, you mentioned it, Vinny, the strikeouts, uh, five and two thirds innings for Shohei Otani, no runs allowed. Five hits led up, one walk, and 11 Ks. Uh, those 11 Ks were all swinging. Uh, this is from Sarah Lang of MLB.com, and uh, this is Angels' strikeout leader uh, for swinging strikes in a game. Uh, most strikeouts all swinging uh, in Angels' pitch-tracking era since 2008. Andrew Heaney had 14 back in 2019. Shohei Otani had 12 back in 2018. Tonight, Shohei Otani had 11 Swinging strikeouts, uh, you know, record setting in a way. Top hey, three. Make sure you mention former White Sox great Irvin Santana there too. <laughs> Sorry, do not put the disrespect or to, to disrespect Irvin Santana, who also had eleven in twenty twelve. So Shohei Otani in rare company uh, with Andrew Heaney and Irving Santana and himself and, and himself. <laughs> uh, so a ridiculous night from him, uh, Otani. And and let's look at the pitch mix too. Uh, the slider was fantastic, like Herb mentioned. He got the curveball working on uh, Luis Roberts struck him out on a curveball um, and you could see it right there 60% whiff rate on his slider a 55% whiff rate on his splitter and a 50% whiff rate on his curveball how do you hit him I don't know well I'm going to tell you uh, something that should make you chuckle no quality start for Shohei tonight which <laughs> oh. goes, goes ahead and <laughs> throw him the tells, trash. You, tells you how silly that uh, that stat can be but uh, here, here's what stands out 17 outs Right, so he didn't go six. He got seventeen outs. Eleven of them were swinging strikeouts. Jesus, <laughs> oof! All right, Herb, what do you want to do with that stat? Hey, man, six just... guys did not get out by swinging and missing. And this is the thing: like we talk about it all the time. White Sox are not a team that strikes out a lot. When not tonight, have... they weren't. No, the dominant <laughs> pitcher will make you sometimes look silly out there, and they were having good at bats. But at the end of the game, at the end of the day. Shohei Itani was on his game. Yes, he only went five and two-thirds, but goddamn, dominant five and two-thirds. Real dominant. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the fact that they haven't been striking out. Um, like, that was true early on in the season, but I feel like recently, especially in, in June, that's been changing. I feel like the strikeouts have been kicking up for the Sox uh, in June and not including tonight, where I think they struck out 14 times. Uh, Is 15. That 15, 15. 15 tonight. Struck out to end the game, yeah. Um, in June, in 27 games, they had uh, 
223 plus 15. Sorry for doing live math on, on air right now. You're the now. math guy. Um, this I is am, riv- riveting radio. I, I am the math that's, guy. That's 238. Uh, two, 238. 238 strikeouts uh, over June in, in 27 games. So that's not good. That's around nine uh, per game. And that's up from the White Sox in, in uh, May and April. That was kind of the things that I liked about the White Sox offense was they were putting a lot of balls in play and not striking out. But now they're not walking. They're striking out a ton. They're really not able to drive in runs like we saw on Monday and, and tonight again. Seems like a, uh, a recipe for disaster, doesn't it? But yes. uh, listen, I think I always use the phrase that, you know, multiple things can be true at once. Definitely tonight, what was true was that uh, Shohei Otani was fantastic. And it, it, you probably could have trotted most of the lineups in baseball out there. It probably would have had a similar result because he was pitching really, really well. At the same time, White Sox have some very notable offensive issues uh, that last night, we're not there. Last night, 11 runs, whole hell of a lot of hits. They were looking like the lineup that everybody thought was going to be. And now, and now tonight, whether that's vastly majority the fault of, of uh, Shohei Otani or if it's you know a little bit of mix of both, they're back to being the team that, we, that we've seen throughout the whole season so far. It's all about consistency, as I said last night. That remains the case. We'll see what they can do in San Francisco against another good team. Um, you know, it, it, that also won't be easy. But, you know, you can have a night with a great, great pitcher, which is what happened tonight, and obviously tip your cap. But the White Sox are a team, as we keep saying over and over again. They want to be the best in baseball. If you're going to do that, you got to beat the best in baseball. Tonight, they very much did not. Absolutely. And just to update those uh, strikeout numbers, 8.8 strikeouts uh, throughout the month of June per game, 7.5 in May, and 7.2 in April. Uh, walk percentage has stayed about the same from uh, May and, and uh, J- June, uh, staying around 2.6. So, I mean, just they are having more at-bats that end in strikeouts, which I, I feel is concerning. Tonight, you, I don't pile that on because it was Shoei. He was just dominant. And I don't think they had poor at-bats today. Like, if they, if I saw something like the at-bats that Andrew Vaughn was having at the end of last night's game where he's flailing at balls that are in the left-handed batter's box, concerning. The swings that were high when Shoei was pitching in the sixth and old, uh, whatever his name is, Ojeda, well, uh, Ouija board, whatever his name, he was throwing high fastballs. It started with a Q, didn't it? Yeah. 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 Throwing high fastballs. Yeah, those were poor. But for the most part, I felt those at bats for the White Sox were battling. They were good. Like, I'm process over results, guys. It's tough to lose, and it's tough when this team is this most of the season. But sometimes you just have to tip the cap to the other team because they threw out a person that is much better than you guys are. You guys asked me last night, like, is this a start? The 11 runs, the 19 hits the White Sox got last night. It's like, no, Shoei's going to go out there and shove. So all I want is the team to go out there and give a valiant effort, which I think they did. It's going to be hard sometimes when you get guys like this, but this is where they want to be. So you need to step up. In the playoffs, you're going to see people like Shohei and better than Shohei. So let's go. Yeah. 
It's a good test to have, and they failed it tonight. Yeah, they did fail it. Let's look at uh, Otani's whiffs here. Uh, 24 whiffs, uh, and we talked about how good the breaking ball stuff was tonight. He was just all over the place, and that's something that is very impressive about Otani. He is just so good at locating. He's able to locate sliders up. He's able to locate sliders down. That splitter is always basically out of the zone and vanishing to hitters. The fastballs up are, are uh, you know, really deceiving, being 97 miles per hour. Uh, Otani, elite of the elite. Um, like you mentioned, you're going to see that type of pitching when you get to the postseason. I don't know how many you know true Otani guys you'll see, but uh, you know he's he's definitely up there uh, with the top arm. You won't see Otani because no. the Angels won't be in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, well the White Sox be in the playoffs right now. They're both uh, four games under 500. Angels 37 and 41. White Sox 35 and 39, and they fall to. Six games back in the AL Central. They got some help. Josh Naylor hit a walk-off homer against the Twins. Uh, Guardians now two games back of the Twins. You, I'm telling you guys, that's not a, that's not a good thing. Like, it's it? good that there's not this gig- – for the White Sox, that there's not this gigantic lead in the division. But now you, gotta, now you got two teams? Right. Like, a month ago we were talking about, you know, all they got to do is track down the Twins. They'll be, they'll be fine. Wait till they play the Twins. We'll be okay. Now they got two teams in front of them? I mean, this is, this is not – I'm 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 not saying that Cleveland Guardians are world beaters either. I think they probably are pretty even with the Minnesota Twins in being an unimpressive division leader kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That being said, the White Sox got the White Sox have been as unimpressive as 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 anybody. Now they got to take down not just one team but two in front of them. Uh, you know, it, it went from fighting the Twins with both hands to fighting two teams with one hand apiece. It's I don't I don't know if it's good news that the Guardians are, are hanging around there up at the up near the top. Well, and you mentioned it too. I mean, like the the Twins, they usually get up to play the Twins, but you look since 2020 or I think yeah 2020 White Sox 10 and 17 versus Cleveland. They um, always I mean the the Prague is just a house of horrors for the White Sox. It seems like it's been that way uh, certainly since I've been covering the team. I mean whether it was years when they were bad and supposed to lose there, you know, when Manny Banuelos goes in there and gives <laughs> up uh, a million runs in a, in just a few innings, or games where there times when they're supposed to be better, when they're supposed to win. You think of that disastrous series at the end of 2020. Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I, if I'm the White Sox and I've had the history that I've had in Cleveland, I don't want to be going to Cleveland late in the year with with my season on the line because and and Cleveland having something to play for too because that is uh, that is trouble. Uh, certainly, it has been the last few years. And the Guardians are probably the more formidable team because they do have a top line starter. They do have a couple players that are having all star caliber years. I mean, Jose Ramirez is Jose Ramirez, and we've seen Josh Naylor do this versus the White Sox, and today walked it off versus the Twins. So, yeah, the Twins do have that man, Byron Buxton, but the pitching staff is nothing special. Yeah, The White Sox, they will see him on July 4th. I think the White Sox can eventually, and I, that's what I'm putting out there, they can eventually catch the Twins. But now, as Vinny says, Guardians, man, I don't want to see them. They're real tough. You got 16 games against the Twins and 14 games against the Guardians left, so it will be uh, an important 30 games between the two teams that are above you right now in the AL Central. And shout out to Melissa, who's out in LA and said Otani splitter was incredible. Uh, it was something to see. I mean, just watching him, it's just strike after strike after strike and swing miss after swinging miss. Uh, truly, just uh, uh, an incredible player uh, to be able to watch. I'm like KPW. Class A, unfair, 101-mile-per-hour cutter. Well, hey, if the White Sox score runs, you don't have to see that guy. With Otani, it looked like he torqued his back a little bit in the second-to-last at bat, and I was like, what is he doing? Stop. 
take him out of the game, please. Because I want to see greatness. Be great. You're and also th- advocating, though, after five innings, the guy's at 91 pitches. You're Get like, out. ah, roll him. Throw him out. Throw him out until he, his arm falls off. I mean, yeah, I want to see greatness, <laughs> but he wasn't showing any fatigue there. He wasn't, like, you know, showing, like, okay, I'm ready to be taken out, Skip. But that back, he was kept on touching it all throughout the rest of the night. And I was like, come on now. I want to see greatness. You cannot have Otani not do the hitting part and the pitching part. That is why he is a phenomenal talent. I need to see that because now he doesn't play the White Sox. I'm good. I want to watch every time he goes to the bump. Yeah, and he was real fatigued on his 107th pitch when he threw it 98.5 miles per hour. So there's definitely something there uh, where he definitely wasn't feeling too tired. You brought up you brought up Melissa, who's out in uh, Southern California for this series. Mm-hmm. She's had the whole experience. She commented the other day that she, she was at Disneyland. Oh, wow. she's had the whole Orange County experience, and I so. believe Melissa's going to the games up in uh, San Francisco too. Mm, there so you she's go. Uh, making a nice trip, driving out of up it. the PCH. Hopefully, there you Melissa. go, go meet her. And also, she uh, tweeted at us saying it was the first time she ever heard batting third, Shohei Otani, and pitching, pitcher. Uh, pitcher. which is definitely unique. I'm, uh, I'm glad she got to go to Disneyland. I was there. I was there in December. And you so. wore the shirt. Is that where, when you got the yeah, shirt? The shirt I wore yesterday. Yeah, I there got my go. Mickey Mouse shirt out there. Was exactly. that everything you dreamed of? Well, it was not my first time okay. at Disneyland. I, I, I went when I was a kid, but, okay. uh, yeah. We Have went, you gone we to went back. both world and land? Yeah. Which one's better? Very different. Very different. Uh, Disneyland is fun as, like, kind of a uh, almost, you know, almost a museum kind of history aspect with it being there for as long as it has and Disney World as a whole, a whole thing. Is it shocking to you guys that I mix up Disneyland and Disney World? Because no. I do. It's not shocking. Yeah, I have no, no. idea which one's where. I'm guessing which land one? is in California. Disneyland is in California, yeah. as we just But that's mentioned. just because yeah. we had a two-minute conversation Correct. about it. Correct. If I had to take a guess, ooh, it would be a guess. <laughs> yeah, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from CHGO Locker. Vinny just mentioned shirts, so I could have just, you know... Rolled that into one. I I missed my opportunity there. (laughs) We do have three brand new shirts in the CHGO locker. So this is a fantastic time to take advantage because you're going to get $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet's your your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, if your favorite team is primed for a comeback, don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. PointsBet has more live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I'm pretty sure Herb uses every single day. I started taking AG1s because we started this job. They sent us some samples and my life has been much better since AG1 has come into it. I take it every single morning and it doesn't have an overwhelming taste. It's pretty mild. It's a tropical taste that I look forward to each and every morning. And AG1s with one delicious scoop, I absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help me start my day right. I have more energy. I have a stronger ability to focus. I have better gut health, which, you know, I 
uncomfortable to talk about, but hey, it is true. Gotta have uh, that gut health. Gotta have that gut health. And the fun way too, uh, you can choose how you take it. I like to put it in water and mix it up. Herb sometimes throws it in a smoothie. Our guy Cody from CHGO Cubs also tosses it into smoothies. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, daily free, or gluten free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,002 five star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water each and every day. That's it. No need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens makes it easy, and to make it even easier, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X, C-H-G-O socks, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Vinny, you were talking about the fact that, you know, now you got two teams to catch. Uh, let's go into the White Sox record so far because we talked about 35 and 39, and the teams that they are catching, well, they don't have the best record against them. Uh, we'll just start with the teams in the division. Good record against Detroit in the six games you've seen them, five and one not so great against Kansas City four and four so far against the Royals but the two teams that you're catching Cleveland you're one and four against that was around the time that they had a nine game losing streak and then Minnesota you were swept in that first series not great not great but could get better because you got 16 games against Minnesota and 14 against Cleveland but I don't know if you guys take away anything of this they are a a sub 500 team but it is concerning just seeing that, you know, the White Sox are supposed to be the best team in the AL Central, and you've been able to beat Detroit so far. That's about it. Yeah, and Detroit is surprisingly bad, right? Yes. I mean, Detroit was the team that was supposed to give the White Sox the biggest challenge this season. Very much has not been the case, and you've got Minnesota and Cleveland up there at the top. Um Listen, we just talked about all the struggles they have against Cleveland. It seems like whether Cleveland was going to be good or not, maybe that would have still been the case just because they are that thorn in the side. Kansas City has shown that ability over the years as well to just kind of be pesky when it comes to the White Sox, no matter how good or bad the White Sox are. Um, you know, but Minnesota, I mean, listen, they they got they got to get wins against anybody right now, mm-hmm. and certainly you're mentioning this because obviously they they're trying to win the division. They got to catch these two teams, but. This is the stretch that's coming up, right, starting on July 4th on Monday. All these games against the Central Division, many of them against Minnesota and Cleveland, uh, they're the games they got to win because they're the games that are coming up right now. They got The games they got to win the most right now are the three against San Francisco, then, then, the, th- then, then the ones against Minnesota. I mean, you got you to gotta just start racking some of this stuff up because, listen, they, they, it is true. They still, have, they still have time. This is not over by a long shot yet, right? They still have time to do whatever they need to do. But every single day, they have, they have less and less time. And as, uh, every single day is still this middling team that we've seen for three months. They're going to run out of time a lot quicker than if they were starting to turn things on. So um, I don't know if, you know, I'm seeing comments, you know, they got to do something, you know, that, that, that the front office has to make some decisions uh, just – anything that would get this team going that would be a kick kick in the ass I don't know if that kind of thing works you know what I mean because this is behind the scenes a very close-knit team a team that doesn't have any problems behind the scenes you know nothing that needs to be shaken up from an off the field standpoint but these guys they gotta play better I mean again tonight Otani was fantastic Last night, they scored 11 runs. That was good. But 
consistency is what they need, and they need to be consistently good if they're going to catch either of those two teams, let alone both of them. And I see a lot of people in the comments asking for a rant. Like, I don't know what to rant about today. Today was a game they're just going to get beat. There was nothing that the White Sox necessarily did that I found offensive to my baseball sensibilities. There was just a loss. So I I can't give you the, as Lauren says, I can't be bringing out the driver all the time. Sometimes I got to pitch in. Right. Sandwich. we'll, We'll bring out the driver when, you know, unthinkable things happen like walking a guy with two outs and a 2-1 count right like that that stuff gets me heated but I see people and I think it was the Leary Garcia at bat in the sixth yeah. inning uh, that people were really uh, frustrated because you had Andrew Vaughn on the bench you had Jake Berger on the bench I can't get up for this because again you lost four to one like I, I this is this team can't hit with the bases loaded this team can't hit with runners in scoring position Jake Berger is much worse as uh, on the road than he is at home, and he's much worse against right-handed pitchers. Like, I, I don't know if it was the right move, and, and I don't know if it's going to be a game-defining decision if you have a pinch hitter in that moment. And if you're following the game, Lurie Garcia, and you guys know me, I'm the first person to yell at Lurie Garcia for whatever he does, and Tony La Russa. Lurie Garcia had great at-bats today. Not good, great at-bats. The results weren't awesome. He had one walk, but 25-plus pitches the whole game and four at-bats – it's pretty good. So I did not mind Tony La Russa keeping him out there as a right-handed hitter versus a left-handed guy. Yes, you wanted Andrew Vaughn, but before the game, Tony said he's getting two full days off today and then tomorrow's off day. And then also Jake Berger comes in for Lurie Garcia. Then you have to make two moves because, remember, Lurie's out in right field. Jake Berger doesn't play right field. Then you got to put like somebody like Adam Hazy out there. I understand the move. I wasn't, I wasn't really upset with it. It was the right move. Larry Garcia happened to not get the job done there. It's fine. It's not fine. It's, it's not a thing that you need to get mad about. It was, a, it was a move that the White Sox didn't make that I was like, okay, I'm good with it. Sometimes things don't work out. Well, and I was petitioning for Vaughn to get a day off. So the fact that he wasn't pitch hit for, I'm fine with. And he's going to get two days of rest now, which is going to be huge for his legs. The White Sox need Andrew Vaughn for the rest of the season more than they need him on June 29th or whatever in Los Angeles. And I, I hear the point from people. I mean, it's not like Garcia's lighting the world on fire. 193, 220 uh, on base percentage, 260 slugging percentage. He still went 0 for 3. He did have that's, a that's walk. That's very but far from lighting the world on fire. Yes, yes, that is very, very far. I think if he qualifies as the worst player right now, according to War, at minus uh, a net or negative 0.9 war. I think he has the worst war in baseball right now. So It's hard to do. It's not good. Yeah, uh, I, I understand your point. Like, we were talking about getting Otani's pitch count up yeah. and how important that was. He did play a part into that game plan, yeah. but outside of the walk, he hit two grounders that were 60 miles off the bat, and then he struck out. Mm-hmm. And I understand the foul tips are important, but... I don't know if he could truly hit major league hitting at this point. I, I, he, he has been really, really bad. I'm already this past year. that point. Like I, I've resigned myself to the fact that Lurie's going to be on this team and he's probably going to be subpar as a player, but he has value in his versatility that he can play a bunch of positions and that well, but he can play a bunch of positions and usually can contribute better than he has this season. So yeah, Lurie's not a good player this year. And some would say he's not a good player any year, but I think I would not jump down Lurie's throat for today's performance. 
I will get on him when I feel that Larry Garcia deserves it. I just can't get on him for tonight. Well, and you get not, not at all. You get frustrated when he's going up there and he's swinging at the first pitch. Yes, you get upset when he's you know really killing at bats early on in the count. Yeah, when and especially when he sees the game flow going on, like the the hitter of four walks on four straight pitches and then he goes up there, swings at the first pitch that's out of the zone. What are we doing? But today, I was fine with Larry's bats. And I get people. I mean, this is a guy, Leary Garcia, be, you know, up to the point in 2019 uh, in, you know, 1,500 plate appearances. He had an OPS plus of 76. He had a good year in 2020, but that was only 16 games. And then you get more of a full sample size in 2021. He's got an OPS of 96, but like you said, he had the versatility. I think people are just frustrated that that was the first move they made in the offseason. And for people, Leary Garcia, and for me, signals the rebuild, signals old, not moving into the future so they put most of their hatred their most of their animus towards him he signals something in their brain that is old something that is loser not himself but that's what the White Sox were doing when Louis Garcia was on this team from 2012 on and so for him to be on the team and playing poorly it's kind of like a reminder like this is what we went through the rebuild for not to have Lurie Garcia starting games in which he started six of the seven playoff games the White Sox have played the last couple of years. So, yeah, I see he, him as a lightning rod for White Sox anger, and I am there for that all the time. But tonight, I'm not there. Yeah, I, I'm just not there just because, again, it's the same – team that you saw I mean you look at the the strikeouts and it's you know Tim Anderson struck out twice Moncada struck out three times Robert struck out twice Sheets struck out twice and when the only guy getting on base is Jose Abreu um it's kind of the issue I mean let's you know look who at didn't this. strike out any times Jose Abreu Finney's guy Jose yeah, Abreu well, he went four for four <laughs> he was real damn good I want to go to Jose Abreu's stats because he has been real good but this kind of signals the issue uh with the Sox uh let's look at the runs right here on this stat list uh, this is Jose Abreu since the last day off he had which was May 18th Ooh. he's played 38 <laughs> straight games Ugh. which you say uh He's been oh, no, no, pretty I'm, damn I'm like, good. Oh, I'm not, oh, as in, man, I can't believe he played that many damn games. Batting 340. As Vinny calls, what's your nickname for him? Everyday Jose. Yeah, there he is. Oh, and they tried to use that for Jose Ruiz. They did. Benatti stole it from me, but he was talking about a different Jose. Yeah, that's uh, not Everyday Jose. No. No, I mean, listen. This, this is Everyday this Jose. Is, listen, Jose Abreu is that guy. In addition to all the numbers that he puts up, you know he is going to play basically every game, every season, if he is physically able to. You saw what he went through last year. Oh, my God. And managed to play all those games, uh, do some crazy things like, you know, Get run, into, the head. run into Hunter Dozier, and yeah. then two days the next day he's yeah. starting and hitting a home run. Two days later he's sliding into home plate for a walk-off win. I mean, you know Jose Abreu. Tony La Russa uses the same joke every time we ask him about giving Jose a day off, but it is kind of funny, if not revealing. Uh, you know, he, he always goes, you should, you know, I tried to get him to take a day off. You should see the bruises, you know, that I, you know, like you have to fight him literally to keep him out of the lineup. Uh, So is it more of like he just grabs Jerry Naren's hand and writes Abreu third DH? (laughs) Jose writes his own name. Jose has learned calligraphy uh, uh, during the offseason just to match Jerry Naren's uh, handwriting. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, listen, I think that's part of the reason that White Sox fans like Jose Abreu. Uh, It's part of the reason that, uh, you know, he has endeared himself not only to fans, but the organization as a whole, as we've heard all the love for him over the years. Um, And then on top of it all, 
he produces like an all-star and an MVP candidate on pretty much an annual basis. Well, so. and the one thing too that we're always you know noting with Jose Abreu is the RBI numbers. Uh, let's go to the the, the graphic here, Stephen, because uh, this was kind of the point that I was trying to make. Uh, you know, Sheet strikes out twice behind Abreu before him. Robert strikes out twice. Moncada strikes out three times. Anderson strikes out twice. Those three guys only got base on base twice. Uh, Anderson had a hit and Robert had a hit. Um, and you could see right there, Jose Abreu in those 38 games, he's driven in 21. He scored 26. So, I mean, it is, you know, because he's getting on base 44% of the time, but not a lot of guys are getting on uh, in, in front of him. So, uh, batting 346, 441, slugging 557. Uh, he's got six homers, 13 doubles, and a weighted runs created plus north of 180. So, he's been incredible in those 38 games, but it's also, you know, who else is stepping up? Who else is playing 38 straight games and, and putting up numbers like this? Uh, Jose Abreu is few and far between in, in the major leagues, but it also feels like he's not getting a ton of help near that top of the lineup outside of Tim Anderson. That's what they need. They need somebody to help him out. And Andrew Vaughn, during his time in 19 True. games, he has been hitting well. But as Vinny has said, it's like when Jose's going right, somebody else is not going right. It's not stringing those hits together like they did on Tuesday night in Anaheim where they had two five-run innings separately. This is a problem with the White Sox. They need to do this more consistently. We could start that on Friday night in San Francisco where you have Tim Anderson who usually hits the ball to right field to start the game as he did today. Andrew Vaughn with two days off will be fully rested, enjoying uh, time in Friday night in uh, San Francisco, hopefully betting in the second spot right in front of Jose Abreu, who I think they've been playing Luis Robert at three. If Jose can go back up to the three spot, I'll be fine with that and have Luis Robert go back to the four because I think that would be a little, little bit more because those guys get on base right in front of them, and Luis Robert is like hit or miss if he's going to have a great game or a poor, piss poor game. Like today wasn't that great, so we what, struck out two, two, three times today. So, yeah, I would, Robert like, twice. I would like to have Jose Abreu move up to maybe the three spot and then well, uh, Robert right behind him. And I think it's pretty telling. The, in teams uh, in runners in scoring position, they go 0 for 7. Garcia 0 for 1, Harrison 0 for 1, Pollock 0 for 2, Sheets 0 for 3. Mm. It's not really the guys you want up when runners are in scoring position. You'd rather have Tim Anderson, Johan Moncada, Luis Robert, and, and Jose Abreu. So it is frustrating. And just going to a larger point of uh, the White Sox with runners in scoring position, 17th in the majors uh, with rate of runs created plus uh, when it comes to runners in scoring position, uh, a 105 weighted runs created plus. And their batting average, which you know is probably the most important stat for this team because they're not going to be walking. Uh, they are 11th in batting average with runners in scoring position. So, you know, when they're trying to create runs just solely off hits, you know, you're only getting 25% uh, uh, hits about 26% of the time with runners in scoring position. It's just not efficient enough. It's not effective enough. And we know they're not walking either. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really bad for the offense to go silent when the guys are getting on base because we know they can hit on base. And on average on the road, we were talking about this earlier, Vinny, like they're the best team on the road and average. So you're like, okay, that's good. But then they don't get on base. They're like 19th on base and then like 23rd and slugging. In, in slugging. Yeah. So that is the correlation right there. Yeah, you get a lot of hits, but when do you get them? Don't tell me what you hit. Tell me when you hit them. 
Yes. Yes. And uh, <laughs> two, I mean, they strike out a hell of a lot more than they walk. 62 walks uh, with runners in scoring position, uh, which is bottom half of the league, 23rd. And they strike out the fifth most times with mm. runners in scoring position. Uh, that's hashtag ungood, as you like to say, Herb. They got to cinch it up and hunker down and make sure they concentrate in those times. They're the most important times when guys are on base. And as our hitting coach slash fifth starter said, Put the ball in the air. <laughs> Hit the ball over the fence a little bit more. My man Johnny Cueto, dual dual jobs right there for the White Sox. Well, someone was asking, yeah, if uh, Abreu could be player coach, it, it seems like Johnny Cueto is taking to it as well. I do also want to ask, uh, someone's saying you know, Jose Abreu should have the C on his jersey. Do we like when Jason Veritek had the C on his jersey for Boston, and, and should the Sox bring that for Abreu? Or? Well, I'll say this. I, I, I like how sparing it, it is used in baseball. Like they have, when I watch an NFL game now. Oh, it's, yeah, four guys. Every single player on the team seems to have a, a <laughs> C on there. And not only that, they I know they have a different design for how many years you've had like it. Stars. I and like, such, and yeah. a, granted, I'm not a big football fan. I don't watch a lot of a lot of NFL games, but I look up at a guy who, like, I feel like was drafted like two years ago and he's got like the, you know, platinum <laughs> C on his chest already. I'm like, he's been on the team long enough to be the, the have a captaincy for the last four six years or anything like that. So uh, I don't want to see it overdone in the style that it is in the NFL. Um, again, there was another comment that was, he doesn't need it. Everybody knows. And I think that's probably exactly. more of a, a, that says more than any addition to the Jersey ever could. King Leary is on the roster. He's the longest tenured. I'm just saying I could make an argument. No, you can't. He's a legend. Nope. He's a, um, did Jose Abreu hit a home run in game three of the 2021 ALDS? Uh, I don't think so. I don't remember if he didn't. He but a, I know, Leary was, was a grand slam, did. sir. Um, but I think, as somebody said, they tried to offer to Paul Canerco and he rejected it. That's the type of person he is. And I think the same thing would happen to Jose Abreu. He's like, why do I need some extra thing on my chest when all these motherfuckers know who I am? Don't worry, don't cool. worry. Seventy nine's going up on the on yeah. the on the wall there. There's a there's a statue that's probably already been made sitting in a warehouse somewhere. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, if he it's made where, one, it's where the goose. If is. he retired the number of Harold Baines right when it's he got where traded, the goose he's gonna do this before Jose Abreu. And this is his last. You know, he's done. He's not signed after this year. So I'm sure. We should have a ceremony, but at the end of the year, for Jose Abreu's number to be retired to have a statue revealed. Be like, no matter what, if he's coming back, if he's leaving, have it revealed. You could be like MJ, where he's wearing he's wearing his retired number. <laughs> it's on the floor and and in the rafters. Do you guys want to have a quick conversation? Um, so the White Sox, you know, let's say they they are sellers on, on August second. Uh, do they trade Jose Abreu? No, because they're not going to be sellers on yeah, August second. That's no, why. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. hey, it was a quick. I, I saw. I saw a comment up there asking if it was time for trades, and one of the guys listed was Tim Anderson. Oh, so I don't know about that um, one. Please, Jesus. I don't stop. know about that one, there, Daniel. Like I said, it was a it was a quick conversation. Uh, Daniel said probably it's time to start making trades. AJ Pollock, Tim Anderson, Johnny Cueto. If teams are looking for a solid starter, Tim, Johnny Cueto for sure. AJ Pollock, yeah, definitely get him off the team. Uh, you know, if, if you're still under five hundred, but. Tim Anderson's here for a long time. Ever. Tim Anderson's the face of the franchise. I know we just talked about Jose Abreu for the last 20 minutes. He's but our only all-star this Tim year. Tim Anderson's the face of the Stop franchise. It. Stop it. We just saw the man pitch today, 
I don't I think, think Kopech's an Michael all-star. Michael Kopech is going to be an all-star. Yes, he gave up three runs or four runs, three of them being earned. But, yeah, look at it. Look at the numbers, the stats, and he's been pitching poorly the last couple starts after was, the knee he thing. He was fine today. Oh, I, I thought, thought so he too. was good today, to I be honest. I thought so, too. Yeah. But, like, I think he's an, him and Dylan Cease are going to be all-stars with him. So I, I'm predicting that right now. Mike, Mike Petriello of MLB.com, uh, he put out a Wednesday update uh, of his team voting. And the only reason why I say Kopech isn't a an all-star uh, is just because of this list. Um, but Mike knows the stuff. Mike's a, a very well-informed MLB writer. Um, he has Gosman, Manoa, McClanahan, Cole, Scooble, Scooble. Uh, Verlander, and Montas as the pitcher. So no those Cease. Are all, those are all good ones. Yeah, no yeah, Cease and no Kopech. I mean, no, no pitchers for the White Sox on the All-Star game, according to Mike Petriello. Stop. That seems like a small small number of, of arms. I mean, uh, Otani's also there. Aren't there like 20 pitchers on each All-Star, te- uh, All-Star team? I think it's still 26, right? I, I feel like it's just I, I a gigantic like, roster. I feel like Mike Petriello wouldn't make it up, right? Well, but maybe he's saying, like, maybe he's going under maybe, different, uh, different, maybe different set of rules. Maybe he's thinking about the... People who are he's locked in, they're one hundred percent making the team, and there's room for other people to be made. Like, yeah, to not have Cease or Kopech in there. Also, too, like, like a miss. Also, those are just starters you listed too. They they put relievers on the. Uh, All-Star he, team no, he's got uh, Lopez of Baltimore, Class A of Cleveland, Holmes of New York, King of New York as well. Those are the four relievers he put. The King in of New F- York, and, yes, yeah. King of New York, Michael King That's of Frank New York, White. Uh, and then uh, uh, I don't even know who that is. Uh, Shohei Otani as well. So um, I think he's got fourteen pitchers and sixteen hitters. Uh, the only All Star, according to him, for the White Sox would be Tim Anderson, a shortstop. Deserved. Yeah, I mean, obviously Dude's that one's three forty. That, that one's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I think Cease should be an all-star. Second in the AL in strikeouts. Yeah, yeah, especially after what he just did. And the fact that you saw Kopech, ESPN game, shut down the Yankees, and he has a pretty good resume there. And, you know, the walks are a little high, but his his numbers are worthy of him going to the all-star game. I mean, was he had Garrett Cole up there? I mean, yeah, he's a Yankee, and then he got like seven other Yankees and King, and they deserve it. Yeah. But also, you got to get one White Sox starter, starting pitcher on that all-star team. I would say both of them do, but I'm listening to those names. like, yeah, probably better than the White Sox. <laughs> this, this roster has 32 players uh, on okay. it. So there you I, go. it feels like a, a fair right. roster. But, yeah, I, I would definitely would expect, hopefully, uh, Cease to be in there just because he then has been really if fantastic. He's not, we year. yell at Dusty. Yes, it is all Dusty's fault. And Tony has no issue yelling at Dusty. Those guys uh, love to uh, bicker back and forth with one another. Uh, Also, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from a CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we can help you out. And right now, it's time for our PointsBet pick of the week, and I think since we just talked about Jose Abreu and how good he's been on Friday when you're going up against the San Francisco Giants, I think you should ride Jose Abreu to get a hit, maybe two uh, hits as well. You look at the PointsBet props, total bases props as well for Jose Abreu. It's just probably smart to put Jose Abreu money on Jose Abreu to be on base because he's just been doing it at a fantastic clip. And why not win some money with the best sports book in points? Do you know bet. who he's going against? Who's he going against? Mr. Cobb. Oh, Alex Cobb? Yep. Legendary. The five and a half ERA. Legend, legendary Angel, uh, Alex Cobb. Legendary Oral. 
uh, Oriole, uh, Alex Cobb. And in case you missed it, online signup is available. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life at PointsBet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Herb, I'm excited to talk to you about uh, Alex Cobb and the San Francisco Giants because you're going to be out there. Uh, but let's talk about Michael Kopech real quick because we haven't talked about him yet. Uh, he was all right tonight. Uh, if we could look at the pitching line uh, for Kopech, you know, he, he didn't get to six innings, but he gave up three earned runs, four runs total, as you can see there, five and a third inning for Kopech, four runs, three earned, five hits allowed, two walks, six Ks, didn't light the world on fire. The velocity was a little bit concerning for Kopech, but it's good enough to win a game or it should be enough to win a game for you. What, what, is, what do the White Sox always say? What does everybody in baseball always say? What have we always been saying uh, So the last, the last several months here? Starting pitcher's job is to put your team in position to win. Michael Kopech, up until the very end of his outing there, definitely did that. I thought for five innings he was very good. I mean, he made that error in the first inning that allowed the second run to score uh, for the Angels. But, you know, obviously the home run knocked him out, as it should have. Shouldn't have given up the home run. But... Until until then, two runs. You know, what I mean, and and the White Sox were looking like uh, the the White Sox offense against Shohei Otani was making a two nothing gap look like it was eight nothing. And you know that that again, that's part that's perhaps mostly Otani's doing, but partially the White Sox doing. They they're getting it from their starting pitchers right now. They're getting the performances they need. They're not doing much with them. Well, and it felt like he wasn't super sharp in that first inning, but he found a rhythm in the second, the third, the fourth, uh, and then the fifth. He made one bad mistake to Renjifo. It was middle middle, ninety three mile per hour fastball right down the middle, and he got taken deep. And uh, when you're going up against uh, Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, and, and Shohei Otani, tough to get those guys out. So uh, you know, in the first inning, you, you you hang a slider to Trout, and he. Hit the hell out as, of it. As as much as as much as uh, fans and folks watching these games will latch on to, you know, oh my God, he gave up a home run. How could he do such a thing? The pitchers will tell you. The pitchers will live with, you know, if the only thing they did bad all night was give up a home run or yeah. or, or or two home runs, right? Three for Johnny Cueto, right? The thing that they don't want to be doing is being bad against everybody, struggling against everybody, walking guys, giving up a whole ton of hits in a row. They'll live with just the, 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 the sporadic home run. And if you go kind of by that grading scale, Kopech wasn't too bad tonight. Now, four runs, you don't want to give up four runs in less than six innings, obviously. But you should expect a lineup like the White Sox's lineup on most nights, particularly the ones where they're not facing Shohei Otani, to, uh, to, to be able to turn that into a winning effort. And we've seen this from Michael Kopech numerous times this year where he struggles early. We went to the game where he mm-hmm. pitched 25 pitches, I think, versus the Mariners, uh, versus uh, Robbie Ray on the other side, then settled in and pitched a fantastic game. And that's what I thought he was going towards in this game. But in that sixth inning, you know, sometimes the guy is just going to square you up. And Ranjifo, like you said, middle-middle fastball, just murdered the ball. And I don't think it was a stellar performance. I think it was a good performance. And Vidi said he gave you a chance to win this game. Even with Shoei Itani out there shoving, the White Sox should have had a chance to score a couple runs off of him, should have got a couple runs off of the bullpen. They just missed opportunities. So I have no problem with what Michael Kopech did, even though it's short of the six innings that you usually want from your uh, starter. And the bullpen did a good job of holding the Angels where they were, right where they were. I like what Kendall Gra- Graven did today, t- too, and like that Tony put him in the game 
to preserve that three-run cushion right there because usually when they're losing, he's like, ah, let's put somebody else in the game. But it's good to see Kendall Graveman out there, and he dominated the Angels right there in his appearance. Yeah, and you needed to get him work, too. hasn't hasn't seen him uh, work in a couple of days. Well, and, and, you've got, and you've got Liam Hendricks coming back soon, too. So, I mean mm-hmm. – Working these, working these guys, working these guys at the moment is not going to necessarily be detrimental to you next week when it's like, oh my goodness, they've pitched X times in the last X days. Well, now you got Liam Hendricks in that ninth inning, short in the game. Right. Let's look at Kopech's pitch mix too, see how he got it done. Uh, a little bit concerning stuff uh, with the slider and fastball. Uh, you could see the slider got hit pretty hard. Nine balls in play for the slider, uh, and it wasn't super effective. Uh, called strikes plus whiff, sixteen uh, percent. Major league average is around twenty-seven percent. Uh, so the slider wasn't that great. The curveball and changeup. I mean, that's his tertiary and, and, and fourth pitch. Um, so I, I don't really, I don't even know what the the word for. What's the? F- I'm not sure I know it either. Yeah, you'd think so it that's would why be I just went quad for. or core something, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, it sounds difficult. Quartiary? That sounds like a made-up his, word. His yeah. secondary <laughs> pitch in the slider, uh, well, just struggled. Uh, 13 swings, only two whiffs on that, and that, that's really the the main issue there. Uh, the fastball velocity was down and has been down uh, since he injured himself, but it's only down a mile and a half. I don't know if I'm massively concerned about it, um, but he was hit hard, averaged a hard hit, 95 mile per hour av- uh, average exit velocity for Kopech today. But kind of an important benchmark. He's now at 68 innings pitched, pitched 69 in one third innings last year. What have we made of starter Kopech? He's been great. Yeah. I think he should be an all-star. So, yeah. <laughs> That's I'm, true. Four, 14 games so far at 278 ERA. Yeah. Like, he's been not... I mean, at times, he's our ace. Sometimes it's Cease. But out of these outings, pretty much every time he goes out there, you're like, all right, he's giving the chance, a team not even a chance to win, but he's out there dominating. Tonight was not the dominant performance, but he gave an effort out there where he didn't have his best stuff. You see the slider getting uh, hit pretty hard, but escaped with four runs, three of them being earned, and almost got through that sixth inning and would have had another quality start. So I'm fine with what Kopech has done this season. He's exceeded my expectations, and he's looking strong still. Even though his miles per hour might be down, I think a little all-star risk, if he doesn't make the all-star team, will do him well so he can come back at the after the all-star break and have good starts for the White Sox down the stretch drive. Well, I'll say this. When you don't have the track record, you, you, it's it's hard to answer the questions to a complete degree, right? I think what what did we say after uh, Lucas Giolito turned his career around? He had that great All Star season, and then going into the next season, it was like, oh, okay, but but do it again. Like, are, are you are you that guy, or are you gonna go? Are you gonna slide backwards? For Michael Kopech, you can you can minimize that scale to now you know half a season, right? Michael Kopech before the season we had just nothing but questions about what we were going to see for what we've seen so far has been really really good but there's no track record to 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 back it up so now going forward into the second half of this season as as you know Chi-Town fanboy here mentions uh it's okay do that again do this some more keep doing this and I wouldn't be surprised to see him, as you say, he finally he's kind of reached the innings total that he had last year as a reliever. Wouldn't be surprised to see him continue to do this for a bit, but when does that run out? Are you always going to be sitting there on the on the edge of your seat going, ooh, is this where he runs out of gas? Is this where the fatigue plays in? Is this where the White Sox are going to have to start making some more drastic moves to preserve him for September and what they hope to be October? Uh, 
you just got to keep watching. And, and the answers so far have been good, but he can't answer that question all the way with the limited track record that he has. Right, and I think there's two questions that probably need to be asked or answered. Um, where is he at currently with that knee issue? Um, how is it currently affecting him? Because it seems like he has been affected by it in the past three starts. And then also, what what is the innings limit? Do, do we get a, an actual there's, number there's, from Rick? There's no number. That's okay. the thing. They, they, the, there's probably a, there is a number that they said, yeah, maybe that. You know what I mean? But the point is... They're going to be con- – it's not even eye test as much as they have this huge staff at, at their disposal. They have uh, a, a pitching coach. They have, uh, you know, a, a major league manager who's been doing this for a long time. They have an entire training staff. They have an entire front office. Every single one of those people are going to be looking at him on a daily basis, on a start-by-start basis, and being like, where are you at? Where do you, how do you feel? If we need to sit you down for the next week and a half – because you don't feel your 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 best right now, we're gonna do that because we want to make sure that we have you being able to be your best at when the games matter most. Well, and it, you mentioned the actual staff too, um, and the players as well. It feels like they're confident in Jimmy Lambert, uh, his ability to throw. It feels like they've liked his development. Davis Martin has been good in some he starts been, as well, yeah. and Vince Velasquez. I mean, that was the reason why you signed him to have you uh, you give you that swing guy. We haven't seen him in a bit. I think it's been five days since Vince Velasquez pitched, so some people might forget that he's on the team. Um, but you know, Vince Velasquez still. Uh, capable of making some starts if Kopech makes 28 starts and he just kind of averages the same amount of innings we're looking at 136 innings which I think sounds about in the range where you know we were looking I was thinking like 125 but 136 is around the range where he last pitched uh in the minor leagues a, a full season in the minor leagues so 136 I could live with one thing that Rick Hahn said at the at the end of last year was was that this year is about Michael Kopech becoming a starting pitcher, getting getting what he can do, and helping the White Sox as much as he can achieve their goal, which is still, as much as you might laugh, winning the World Series. Uh, it is also about making sure he can do that in 2023 and right. 2024 and 2025. Um, it is simultaneously about him delivering them the performances that he has already to help them win, to help them be one of the top teams. It is simultaneously about that and development. Nobody wants to hear about development at the major league level when the goal is winning at all, when the goal is winning every single day. Thankfully, Michael Kopech has been good enough that he can accomplish both of those tasks at the same time. But going forward, that those two things are still very much true about what the White Sox want to get from Michael Kopech this season. And you're going to see them make the moves they have to make in order to accomplish both of those things. They're not going to run them into the ground. They're not going to say, we need wins because we're chasing Minnesota and Cleveland. We're going to you know, go, have them go out there and throw nine innings every time out. They're going to stick to the strategy. I don't want to say plan because it's not so ironclad as we just discussed. They're going to stick to the strategy of making sure that they can preserve him for as long as it takes this season and for all the seasons to come. And Dave says Kopech throws and Cueto pitches. And I agree with that, but Kopech, remember, this is his first full year of being a starting pitcher in the major leagues. It's where develop, that word development comes in, right? Johnny so, Cueto has five pitches that he's been working and crafting for 15 years. Exactly, and so, yes, he's still a thrower, and he knows that he can reach back and strike a dude out with a fastball. But he's learning on the job while being effective, really damn good. So, yes, 
it's not a bad thing that Kopech is not developed as a pitcher fully, but this is his first full year as a starter. So, yes, give him some time. Give him patience. And he's doing very well in his first full year. So, yeah, imagine Kopech when he gets to Johnny Cueto's age with the stuff that he has now. Come on now. Well, yeah, hopefully he has that health. Is he going to be dangling, is he gonna be dangling the leg? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Just holding it up there for like 15 seconds. A Kopech shimmy. Um, yeah, Shytown fanboy also threw out, uh, when did Rodon start having his issues? Uh, July 24th against Milwaukee was like his real bad start, and then he started running into some issues. July he had a bad start against Kansas City then, and then he started running into some arm issues in August. August yeah, 7th he was shut Milwaukee down. Game. Yeah, uh, four innings, uh, four or, or four runs allowed in that game on July 24th. July 29th, four innings, four earned runs allowed against the Royals. And then August 7th, he had a lot of days rest, uh, eight days rest there. Came back, looked good, five innings, uh, two hits, 11 Ks, and then got shut down again. Didn't pitch until August 22nd. And then we started seeing more dead arm from him uh, as the season got on. And fatigue, Kopech's- fatigue, fatigue. And you got to remember, too, how many innings did Carlos Rodon throw in 2020? Mm-hmm. It was fewer than 10. Oh, yeah. And, and so, I mean. And he didn't look good at all. No. I, and obviously dealing with the various injuries that he had dealt with in the previous years. Uh, the good news about Kopech, I think, relative to that, is that the nearly 70 innings he threw as a bullpen pitcher are a lot more than eight or however many Carlos rode on through the year before. So um, it's, you, you don't, you don't have what was basically nothing, uh, you know, to, to, to build up from, which is what Carlos Rodon had. Absolutely. And, and Kopech started seeing some struggles around late July, July 31st. Uh, he had a pretty bad month of, of uh, August. Uh, I think he had an ERA uh, around 12 um, from July 31st yeah. to September 4th. So he started find, finding some issues uh, in the middle of that season. So we'll see what July is like for Kopech. But first 14 strikes, he looks like a starter taking some licks, but still looking good uh, while taking some licks and some... Uh, uh, while developing. Sox have an off day tomorrow, and then they will go to San Francisco for three games. And Herb, uh, you know, kind of in a masochistic way, you're going and following them for just three one. games. I'm just going to oh, just watch the Friday game, which is going to be Lance Lynn versus Mr. Cobb, Alex Cobb, um, with the five and a half ERA. I'm looking forward to seeing that ballpark. I'm looking forward to Lance uh, bouncing back after a really rough start uh, his last time out. And that ballpark is conducive to great pitching so it's cavernous if the White Sox can play defense behind Lance uh, I think they should have some uh, good success out there it's a uh, Cobb Webb and Discalfani pitching for the uh, for the Giants all right-handed pitchers what? all with inflated ERAs except for sorry Webb has a two yeah, Webb's say, probably one of the four yeah, ERA Webb's the second best pitcher on that side yeah. what's so what's on the menu for you though you got you're gonna have some Dungeness crab you're gonna have the clam chowder in the bread bowl are I, you going to Chinatown what do we get what are we eating out in we're San staying Fran? right by Chinatown I've gotten recommendations to go there and uh, sample some of the delicious food I've been to fish Wharf and had the uh, sourdough bread with the clam chowder so inside good. of it. I t- asked Courtney, "Is like you want to share it with me?" Because I remember last time it was like twenty dollars. Shit was really oh, expensive. Well, you don't. You can get that all over town. I'm sure. Yeah. You don't have to go I, to the tourist uh, the tourist trap. You don't have to go to dude. San Francisco's Navy Pier <laughs> to uh, enjoy to enjoy uh, the the and clam chowder in the bread bowl. The when I ate there last time, the goddamn seagulls are like. On you, like they're not—they're aggressive seagulls. They're not just pigeons just chilling, waiting for you to eat. Like you move a muscle away from that damn bread bowl, they're on it, just going to attack you. So we're going to Alcatraz on Friday, going to the game later on. I'm looking for some Gilroy uh, garlic fries at the ballpark because I've heard they're really delicious. 
some rice aroni because that's the San Francisco treat. It is the San Francisco treat. You can get that at Jewel, though. Okay. <laughs> um, then we're going to go on some uh, those cable cars. Then we're going to see the pink ladies, which are the full house sure. houses. Yeah. Oh, nice. Of course, we're going to do all the San Francisco Good. things. Oh. And then one of those days, I think we're going to go do wine country. So Napa Valley is on the menu. We're gonna- what a trip for you. That sounds great. We're getting great. it done, yeah. Thursday I'll tell you, through Monday. I'll tell you this, so uh, as should come as no no surprise. When I went to San Francisco uh, a few years back, I uh, went to Haight-Ashbury, right? Okay. Had to yeah. go, uh, you know, visit the uh, where all the hippies like, and the rock and roll took place. It's like Grateful Dead stuff? Yeah, grateful, a lot of Grateful Dead uh, over there. Uh, I, I was in one shop, bought myself a, a Grateful Dead pin. Uh, and, and an Almond Brothers pin in there. An Uncle Sam pin? <laughs> I was screwing up those lyrics earlier. I don't think I want to give it a try again. But uh, I, I'm checking out, and the person who was working behind the counter asked me, it was like the most Are San Francisco hippie, hate Ashbury thing you can imagine. And they go, so I didn't even have the mustache yet. But they, she, she asks, do you want your gl- some glitter for your sideburns? Did you say yes? Full, biggest mistake of my life. I said no. Damn it! Uh, Come on, Vinny. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to the, I'm going to the ocean. I don't know if it's gonna, you know, work out here very much. But uh, I'm not gonna. We're gonna get sideburns. Herb. Yes, you Herb, do. you got a whole beard here. You, we, you gotta go get some glitter. You gotta glitter it up. You glitter my whole beard. All right. I'll see. And a mission style burrito too. I'm gonna get, oh, yeah, get there one out go. there. That's where they're. The birthplace. Don't make Vinny's mistake and and, and, and don't pass up on that glitter. Uh, Sox Hap saying you guys, uh, and also just real quick, uh, just I hope you enjoy the game. Uh, you know, Alex Cobb also has a split finger. We saw Shohei Otani's disappearing. I don't think Alex Cobb's is that good. It's probably why he's been bouncing around uh, to so many different teams. Uh, but t- uh, Logan Webb on Saturday should be a nightmare. Uh, and that's one hell of a pitching matchup too. Dylan Cease uh, versus Logan Webb uh, on Saturday at 3.05. So some interesting stuff too. And uh, some struggling pitchers and that Sunday matchup. Giolito and Scalfani. Scalfani was good last year. Giolito was good last year, both trying to find their way. So it should be an interesting matchup, but unfortunately, no Rodon and no uh, Yermin Mercedes. Fortunately. Uh, Rodon will be uh, waiting until the next series uh, to pitch, and then uh, Yermin Mercedes optioned back down to AAA for the Giants. So unfortunate news for White Sox fans who wanted to see revenge games of some sort. And then no Luis Gonzalez, who's on the IL. Yeah, so, uh, another yeah. different revenge game. Uh, Barista says uh, LSD glitter. I want to be on drugs out there. I mean, Yes, but not LSD. I don't want to die. All the glitter absorbs into the sideburn, and like then everything just goes like, all different, like, man. Dude, uh, brother. Sox have uh, threw up something, and we'll end it on this. Uh, you guys see yet another standoffish postgame with Tony defending Leary. Um, I, we know that... Tony's very specific about Leary. Um, you, you've had some run-ins about defining Leary's, uh, you know, uh, position. But this is a TLR on not hitting for Garcia when we talked about in the sixth inning. Why not use Andrew Vaughn? Why not use Leary? Uh, or not Leary Garcia, Jake Berger. He said, I'm watching Leary's at-bats. Did you see his at-bats? Walked against Otani. Garcia deserved it. Fouled off some tough pitches. Put the ball in play. That's what I look at. Not results. It's too easy that way, which I think Tony LaRusso, that's me. exactly what Herb just said. Tony. We're right there. In sync. I'm Lance. He's Joey. And he <laughs> said, Ber- in a pod. <laughs> he said, he said burger for sheets uh, was uh, a possibility later, but I, I mean, it makes, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, he's not a good baseball player, but I, I, I understand the reasoning, I guess. Yeah. All right. I'm fine with the reasoning. A lot of the other guys on the team should have gotten hits tonight, too. How about that? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I, 
I, at least talking about the results, you know, Tony's right. It's not all about results. And you like the idea of the, the process of getting up Otani's pitch count. But again, how, how effective are you doing that? Uh, you know, he's falling off pitches, but he's late on all of those fastballs. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's kind of Brett Gardner, like, like Brett Gardner would have a 20 pitch at bat and then, you know, hit a weak ground out. And that's why he's not on the Yankees anymore. Right. So I, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I understand why fans are frustrated. Me too. Um, and I understand why Tony would be defending his guys. So I don't know if I can get too riled up. It's just, it's, it's not happening tonight uh, on Wednesday. It's these, it's these West Coast games that make us way more mellow. It's that LSD glitter uh, on our sideburns. But uh, that's going to do it. I'm going to take a picture if I get the sideburns on my, yeah. the glitter on my sideburns. Sideburns glitter. That is, your, that is your San Fran homework. I don't think I'm going to put it on the mustache because it might drip into my mouth and I want the LSD in my mouth. Oh, come on. Have some fun. <laughs> Live a little out there. Uh, you can follow Herb and uh, see if he's going to do anything. The LSD uh, in a wow. San Francisco vacation. Wow. It's illegal, uh, Sean. Yeah, oh, come on, oh, Sean. Mm, I can't right. do LSD. Well, follow Herb on Twitter. That's not illegal. At Eckerwall23. <laughs> He's the CHGO White Sox community leader. You'll see Vinny and I tomorrow. We got an off day podcast at 2 p.m. live. 2 p.m. We'll be talking about the White Sox June month. We'll be talking about July and previewing some of the series that they have. And we'll be answering your questions. If you are a CHGO member and have access into our Discord, throw out some questions. Tag me in that Discord, the CHGO Lounge, and we'll... Uh, feature your questions on the show tomorrow. We'll also have guest Zach Hayes. You can follow him on Twitter uh, at Pine Tar Keyboard. Excited to have Zach, Zach of uh, Baseball Perspective and Southside Sox on uh, to talk about our Chicago White Sox. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's a CHGO White Sox beat writer. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I know the Sox are frustrating. I know that it just seems like Groundhog Day waking up and the White Sox <laughs> struggling to drive in runs, but we promise... We'll have more answers soon after they play a ton of games against the AL Central. Join us tomorrow for our off-day uh, podcast tomorrow uh, at 2 p.m. That will do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go White Sox.